1: Welcome to the Wednesday RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, as always, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. I'm Jeff Erickson. Today, my co-host is Scott Fish, the uh, proprietor of the Scott Fish Bowl. If you follow the fantasy football industry at all, you are aware of Scott Fish Bowl. This is the ninth year of Scott Fish Bowl, and uh, Scott doesn't do just that. He also works, uh, does a lot of stuff with fanball in general.
2: Scott, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. I don't know the last time I've been pulled onto a show or brought onto a show and, and been called the co-host and not the guest. That's uh it feels like an upgrade. I like it. Yeah, that's yeah. It's it's. I like to keep it on equal footing there
1: because uh, you know I every Wednesday I do a do a show with somebody different, and yeah. it's long enough that it's not a segment. It's, I don't feel like it's a guest. I feel like it's a co-host. I like that. I like yeah. it. So it's a big week. It's championship week for almost everybody including uh yearly your contest the scott fishbowl
2: yes yes it's uh it's gonna be a big week we got 20 people uh fighting for uh the the ultimate prize in fantasy football what, what i like to think it of it as i uh, got some really uh some big hitters in there and some fans and it's a, it's a good mix it should be yeah. a an exciting exciting week for everyone out there
1: yeah, I can't seem to get past like the second round of the playoffs. Uh yeah. I two years in a row I think I've gotten past the first round and then got knocked out the second round. I was I was kind of limping in though. I uh I, I had a terrible final week of uh the, the regular season for that and then which met, lost my bye week, got through barely in the uh first round of the the wild card round and then got knocked out
2: last week. Yeah, that's that seems to be my uh my, my, uh, modus operandi or whatever, my MO for, for fishbowl each year as well. I just, uh, I can't seem to make it past that second round. Yeah. Did it once though. The mm-hmm. very first year, nice. it was a 90, 96 team field. It was a little easier back then. How big is it now? Uh, 1200 this year. Good
1: grief. <laughs> I, I thought I was going to say nine hundred, and I was selling it short. That's crazy. Uh, that's fantastic. It shows how huge the industry is, and I, I know it's not just industry people. You also let in uh, dedicated fans, you know, avid players, you know. But it's still, it it, it shows how widespread we are.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's wonderful that everybody gets behind it and supports it as this this event, not just because it's you know a fun community gathering thing that uh, that brings people together and you meet lots of new people and learn about shows and podcasts and uh, sites you'd never heard of, but also just just that it helps bring toys to so many kids at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a wonderful thing.
1: Yeah, and for those who are unfamiliar, what what exactly are we doing here? Because I think it's uh, you know I think it's really
2: worth. I mentioning it. this is the reason for the season why we're doing this in the first place exactly yeah so uh i started this thing called uh this little organization called fantasy cares several years ago to uh to help uh, buy toys for christmas for uh toys for tots and we have a, a few other charities that we help with national coalition against domestic violence we've given money to food shelves we've when there, there's been hurricanes that we've uh, given money for relief for but most of it the overwhelming majority is uh, given for toys uh, to buy toys for kids at christmas time and uh we don't charge entry fees for the fishbowl or any of the satellites or anything we just say if you want to donate you know if you want to help out the these causes this cause specific, you know in general uh you know consider consider donating but there's no entry fees we just like to you know have people uh try to help out and see if we can uh make a make a better christmas for a lot of kids out there that's awesome
1: and for those in the listening audience uh is it too late for anybody to chip in and help out for this year
2: it is for this year. We okay. we uh close it down uh, just a little bit into the season each year because I need to get the end of the year numbers all finalized and uh organize all these events and shopping trips uh around the country. So, uh yeah, I don't want to keep taking donations and trying to, you know, readjust sure. on the fly.
1: Okay. Oh, very cool. Uh, well, I'm looking and I'm looking forward to seeing all the uh, happy pictures and uh, all the all the great results. Uh, it's a busy week. A uh, lot of stuff to deal with here. Uh, Injury wise, matchup wise, just tough, you know, tough considerations. Uh, let's start off local with you. The big news of the week. If you've somehow got through your fantasy semifinals with Dalvin Cook are still in the finals, despite him leaving the game early. Are you going to have his services this week?
2: I don't think so. I I know that uh, Zimmer's been optimistic, but... The, even though it, it is the Packers and if the Vikings win out and the Packers lose out, they, we, the Vikings can still take the division. Um, I, that, that requires the Packers also to lose to the lions in week 17, which right. I don't think is going to happen. I, I can see the Vikings going into this with a, let we, we you know, we we've all, but guaranteed we're 95% to make the playoffs. I mean, the there ha, things have to happen for the Vikings to miss the playoffs. So I think they're going to walk into this wanting to win. Uh, it's, the home game against, you know, our biggest rival. But uh, I, I think they're going to let Cook rest up, save him for the playoffs. Uh, there's a lot of speculation around here that Alexander Madison's ankle sprain is actually a high ankle sprain. He might be out a while. Right. Um, we signed a practice squad player off of the Steelers this week as well, which is usually not a good sign for guys like Madison and Cook dealing with injuries. Right. So I, I think it's all Mike Boone and, and Vikings fans love Mike Boone. He, he always looks good in the preseason. He uh, always plays really, really hard. He's kind of a, a battering ram out there. Um, he's a lot better than people expect. And he might be the guy, the type of guy that can lead people to championships because you're getting him off waivers. Right. All right. And it's it'll probably be a one week thing, like as per par for the course for this year, where
1: it seems like it's just, you know, any running back we pick up is good for a week, and that's it. Yep. Wayne Goleman or Jonathan Williams. Bo Scarborough ben was like Snaller, two weeks. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 we have had, there's been no Peyton Hillis this year. There's no uh, Philip Lindsay. <laughs> there's There's just none of that this year.
2: Yeah, you're not finding those guys off the waiver that help you all year long <laughs> like that. I mean, yeah, it's, the, it's, a, it's a bad year for trying to find one of those types. Exactly,
1: exactly. Um, let's talk injuries, uh, more injuries. Uh, Mike Evans, officially done for the year. The, uh, the, the uh, Bucks put him on IR. They waited a week, uh, but then the Chris Godwin injury and, and Scotty Miller, for that matter, kind of forced their hand. Yeah. They need the roster spot. He's done.
2: Yeah, Scotty Miller going out is a is kind of a big deal for Justin Watson because they've been playing him over Watson yep. consistently this year. And people thought last week might be the week Watson steps up. But nope, Scotty Miller decided to come back from that hamstring injury, re aggravated it. Uh, I the way Jameis Winston is playing. I know he's throwing tennis balls again this week, just like last week. But yep. the way he's playing right now I, it's hard, it's hard not to try to find space in flex spots or, or especially in DFS, but in flex spots for, for guys like Perriman and Watson and, and even O.J. Howard this week just because who else is he going to throw to? And you can probably bet pretty safely he's going to throw 250 and a couple touchdowns. It's against a Houston secondary that's you know, got some aging vets, and yep. uh, it's it's been it's, you know, bottom 12 most of the year. Right. Drew Locke carved him up two weeks ago. Uh, and yeah,
1: so, yeah, absolutely. You, you want this matchup. The one other drag besides the receiver injuries is possible weather issues. It's supposed to be a driving rainstorm. I had some people already asking me about that in my rankings last night. I always tell people I'm going to wait till Friday to see. You know, weather weather forecasts can change. Uh, so we'll see if it's going to be really that bad when we get closer. But that is a concern too.
2: Yeah, for for me. I don't know if you're the same way, but for me, when, when it's weather related, it needs to get to almost an extreme point. I agree. Like the, you know, slight amounts of weather, you know, 10 mile an hour winds or, you know, rain or or snow. It doesn't bug me until it gets like blizzard conditions or, or 30 mile consistent winds, not just gusts or, you know, stuff like it has to, it has to get pretty extreme for me to start changing rankings off of weather. Right.
1: I mean, I think we all, I think we all get a little gun shy. We see a game like, Right. You know, yep. Dallas, New England. And we're like, Oh yeah, that weather we gotta remember weather this time of year. But then we forget like Kansas City threw the ball just fine against uh against Denver just last week in the snow. It's yep. that, sometimes it's okay.
2: Right, right, and and uh, you do have to remember with especially with snow games when it's when it's not really affecting the quarterback throwing. Uh, with snow games, it, it, tef- it tends to lean towards uh, the the benefit of the wide receivers because the wide receivers know what they're doing. The right. cornerbacks are the ones who have to adjust quickly.
1: That's a- absolutely right, uh, and I, 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 you got to make that point. You got to reinforce that point every once in a while. We saw that. Yep. Look at Tyreek Tyreek Hill's first touchdown. He knew yep. exactly wh- where he was going to make the cut, when he was going to make the cut, and the Denver, you know, the, the secondary just didn't have the time to react, especially with his speed.
2: Yep, exactly. Yep. So, uh,
1: yeah, that that one, yeah, I'm not so that you know, I'm, pro- I'm not going to downgrade Jameis on that basis. Although maybe gripping the ball with his thumb, I mean, I could see it. Oh yeah, but when it's got to be extreme, an injury like added on top.
2: Yeah, I can yeah. see
1: that. Yeah. Dak Prescott is going to be limited in practice today. Uh, right shoulder injury picked up in the first half of that win over the Rams. Hard it's hard for us to see it because they are running wild all over the Rams and literally running, uh, whether it was uh, Zeke or whether it was Pollard. Uh, they just they didn't need to throw that often.
2: Yeah, the, good good for Zach's, Zach, Zach's shoulder there. Um, yeah, this is one I'm just not worried about at all. I, this is a divisional contest. They're both seven and seven. The winner of this is likely going to win the division and go to the playoffs. I mean, we still got a week 17 after this, but this is this is a big step here. Uh, I have to imagine Dak will, be, Dak will be about as full go as you can be.
1: Yeah, I, I think so, too. And this is I mean, you love the matchup against the Eagles. I mean, this is this is where it's at. When when Dwayne Haskins looks competent against the secondary, you know, it's a great matchup.
2: Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's definitely a great matchup. It, they were really, really bad uh, against uh, quarterbacks early in the year. Uh, and the last three, they've <laughs> they've also they've also been, uh, as you mentioned, just just torn up bottom 10 in the league over the last three. Yeah, uh, so
1: I've got Dak in my. Where do I have him? I have him super high. I have him like, this was before I knew the, about the uh, the shoulder, but I had him at five this week, and I had Cooper really high. I think he bounces back this week too.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, Eli Manning, and Dwayne Haskins three weeks in a row, multiple touchdown passes against the Eagles.
1: Yeah. I only, and I'm a Terry McLaurin owner, especially in the NFFC Classic, where I've got a team that's alive. And I only wish McLaurin could play the Eagles and the Giants every
2: week. (laughs) yeah that's uh that would be nice that would be nice for for him but unfortunately it's just uh (laughs) you only get you only get four of those a year i guess exactly exactly so so it goes a few other
1: injury notes no evan ingram finally officially done uh he's actually going on ir he's gonna have surgery why didn't they do this sooner i don't know
2: yeah i i don't get it either I, i don't know why they kept kept waiting and and apparently it's not even that bad of a list frank or whatever but it still needs surgery i, I don't know that i'm lighting a, it's it's a good matchup against washington especially for tight ends who are allowing like the the sixth most receptions to tight ends this year or something like that uh third most receiving yards to tight ends over the last five but cadence just throwing cadence smith into your you know championship game lineup that is a scary proposition
1: it is it is and i haven't been able to move that up it it's kind of like the arizona test uh where you know like how how bad of a tight end does he have to be before you don't start him against arizona well we're com- came close to that in previous weeks and then we see ricky seals jones come to life against him last week you're like oh, it's, uh, throw your hands up all, all over again
2: Exactly. I was just thinking that Ricky Seals scores two last yeah. week. Uh, I wonder how, I mean, we didn't find out about Najoku until after the noon game started. So I wonder how many people even got him in for that matchup. And, or it was even rostered for that matter. Like how many yeah, people picked exactly. him up?
1: You know, you yeah. had to be paying pretty close attention. You had to be pretty desperate for that matter. Yeah. Too.
2: Yeah. And generally I, I would guess there are a lot of championship level teams, week 15 teams last week that aren't quite that desperate. Exactly. Maybe though. Exactly. Right. Uh, maybe a best ball, but who took Ricky seals
1: Jones in best ball for that matter?
2: Too? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe earlier in the best ball season when, what, wasn't he on the Patriots for a cup of coffee or something yeah. early in the preseason,
1: maybe, uh, in our 50 round best ball leagues or something of that nature, yeah. tight end only best ball leagues. I don't know, something like that. Uh, DJ Chark, it might be Chark week again after all. He was able to practice uh, today, missed last week with the ankle. Uh, You would think this was a good matchup against the Falcons. I have a hard time figuring them out. I mean, they've gotten blown out by a lot of teams, and then they turn around and they beat San Francisco at San Francisco and New Orleans at New Orleans and looked really good defensively while doing it
2: yeah th- i mean this is an atlanta team that's allowing something like 1.3 pat i think they've only allowed five, six passing touchdowns in the last six weeks something like that yeah uh so i'd be a, a lot less likely on uh on putting chark into lineups especially if he's uh fairly limited um i'm trying to look at yeah it is it's six passing touchdowns total they've allowed since the bye week um since uh, their week nine bye. they came against new Orleans and they shut down breeze for the better part. Only Jameis Winston had a good game. So I, yeah, I'd be a little more worried about that receiving core this week. If, if Chark misses, I mean, people loved having Conley in their lineup last week, but for some reason, Atlanta since the buy, their defense has just been decent. Yeah. Um,
1: I have Conley as a flex option in, in the NFFC Classic, but I'm probably not going to use him. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, it, I, it's almost certain I'm not going to use him, in fact, uh, because I, I'm, luckily enough, uh, Miles Sanders has come to life. Uh, and yeah. That was massive last week. And even if Jordan Howard gets cleared, I can't see Sanders' role changing that materially. He just brings a speed element that they otherwise don't have.
2: Yeah, I don't see I don't see Howard getting cleared. He he's not even cleared for contact yet, and it's already Wednesday. I, I just don't see him playing a factor in this in the in the Eagles Cowboys game. Right, exactly right. Uh, quick note uh,
1: from one of our sponsors. Uh, we, we get uh, we want to thank Yahoo Fantasy Sports. They've been sponsoring us all year. Uh, And for sports and betting fans in the New Jersey area, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Sports betting is available today on Yahoo Sports and the Yahoo Sports app powered by BetMGM. Yahoo Sportsbook powered by BetMGM allows fans nationwide to view betting odds across a variety of sports. And users of legal age to bet in the state of New Jersey can click through the odds to place bets on BetMGM. New users 21 or older in New Jersey can make their first $10 deposit and receive $100 in free bets. Go to BetMGM.com slash Yahoo to get started and for full offer terms and conditions. Also, Yahoo Daily continues daily Fantasy continues to launch new fantasy contests every day. Visit Yahoo.com slash Daily Fantasy to enter an NFL, NBA, or NHL contest today. I'm Jeff Erickson, and you are listening to the Wednesday RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. My co-host is Scott Fish, uh, proprietor of the Scott Fish Bowl, and works for FanBall. You can hear him. Uh, you still are you still on on Saturday, Scott?
2: I am uh, I have a serious xM show yeah Saturday mornings eight to ten a m Eastern we call that show fanball weekly uh during the season we go over each and every matchup just about any player you can think of from all of those matchups. and then during the off season we'll we'll figure out where we're gonna do what yeah. our off season plan is soon yeah and i I
1: apologize for having to ask because that that's five o'clock my time and as committed Ooh. as I am to fantasy football that that's a big ask but uh yeah. Yeah, living the West Coast life. Um, Let's talk about some of the big matchups this week, some of the tougher calls. First of all, one of the better matchups is Joe Mixon going against Miami. He's been looking great anyhow. I mean, he looked awesome against the Pats. 136 yards and 25 carries. Belichick was singing his praises afterward. And now he faces a Miami team that's just decimated his talent.
2: Yeah, they, they really are. And it's, it's a team that finally allowed Saquon Barkley to get back on track last week with 112 yards and two touchdowns that Chubb and uh, Miles Sanders in the previous weeks ran all over them. I I believe they're bottom three in in several categories against running backs on the season. Uh, I do know that they've allowed the most rushing yards this season. It's, it used to be one of those matchups where you, you were willing to start secondary backs like Tony Pollard against them just because the, starter is going to get his and the second back is going to get his but i don't know that we get that for mixing i think or from uh bernard i think we just get a lot of mix in here i mean they gave him 30 touches in a loss just a few weeks ago
1: yeah exactly they they always feed him. i mean they, they fed him last week even after they fell behind they kept feeding him. it's just when they decided to throw that's when things got gnarly for them and they committed to the punt after that um andy dalton doing his best to ensure that uh, they bangled for burrow so i uh, appreciate that <laughs> Took a little bit I of pressure that. off I this game. I
2: have not heard that one. Did you make that up, Bengals Burrow?
1: I did. I love that. That's so, great. And see, the thing is, I am one of three uh, Bengals fans living on the West Coast. So I, you know, I, it, it, I'm feeling it this year. Uh, and I actually like Zach Taylor. But the problem it's it's not the coaching staff. It's it's clearly ownership. It, the rot oh, starts boy. from the top.
2: You want, to, you want to hear something terrible? I have a friend that's a lifelong Giants fan, a co-host of uh, the, our Fanball Weekly show. After Gettleman's last uh, OBJ debacle, followed by Daniel Jones, and that may change, Matt Pano, but he decided to give up on the ownership and the GM ship of the B- Giants and whatnot and switch to being a Bengals fan.
1: Oh, you know, that's... <laughs> I could have talked him out of that one. Um, I feel like someone should have. <laughs> I'm a self hating Bengals fan, always have been. But you know, the thing is, it's it's stupid too because I didn't even grow up in Cincinnati. My dad would grow up in Ohio, was a Bengals fan, so that's why I'm a Bengals fan. I grew up in Indianapolis, moved, went to high school in Kansas, lived in Chicago. Now I live in L.A. You know, I've never lived in Ohio. I, there's no reason for me to be loyal, but yet here I am because I'm just too lazy to change. I guess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. You, you loved, uh, not just the size days, but in the, in the nineties, you were a big Carl Pickens fan. I can see it. Yeah, of course. Who wouldn't be, <laughs> Pickens. Um, he he was
1: awesome at times and he was, yeah, it, 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 it was, there it was, it was a very interesting relationship. The Bengals have all, and you know, you look back on it now and you're like, why wasn't I more firmly pro, pro player on all these disputes, whether it's Dylan or Ocho Cinco or Pickens, you know, it's, it's always ownership. It's always been the yeah. case. Yep. Yep. So, so it goes <laughs> uh, Dallas Philly should, you know, it's, it's the fraud bowl. Uh, we got two teams that, you know, battling for first place in the AFC East. Somebody has to win the division. What do you think is going to happen in this game?
2: I think uh, it's, I think after this game, we're all but guaranteed uh, that a team with a losing re- winner, a losing record will not win the division <laughs> <All> <laughs> as right. was projected for a while that it was possible, but uh, one of these teams is going to come out eight and eight and seven, I guess. Right. Uh, in this one, man, Carson, Carson Wentz has such a good matchup against, uh, against that Dallas secondary, the, the way they played the, just the last three games in, in general, like they were, they were a lot better um, earlier in the season, but Josh Allen and Trubisky and even Goff had good days against them. I, I guess part of it was, due to their day on the ground. But yeah, I, I expect one of those divisional 28, 24 type of matchups here. Um, probably going down pretty close to the wire. And, and like you, I expected, I expect Sanders and, and Elliot to have uh, decent days here. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and, you know, I, Dallas proved me wrong a little bit last week. I'm, I'm
1: going to still go back to the yeah. ball a little bit. But they yep. hadn't beaten a good team all year. The only team they had beaten right. was Philly. And, you know, Philly is under 500, so you can't really give that as a quality win. They did blow them out, but they throttled the Rams. And the Rams looked like they were f- finding their way. And all of a sudden, they, they lay a big egg when they really needed it. I mean, this pretty much knocks the Rams out of the playoffs, too. So, I, I, I was, I, frankly, I was shocked at this result.
2: Yeah. I, w- I was shocked by that game as well. I actually, I said on the serious show. I thought the Rams were going to just come out and take that game. And, and it was the absolute complete opposite of what I thought would happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, th- this game, the the Eagles don't have any wide receivers and that that's probably a problem here. Right? I, I, have we heard much on Aguilar? It sounds like he's probably going to play, right? Cause Slot ride wide receivers against the Cowboys is a pretty good matchup.
1: That's true. Although if an Aguilar falls in the forest, does anybody hear it? I don't know. Is he, is yeah,
2: it's one of those things. Are you going to be the guy in week 16 of your championship to slide a guy like Nelson Aguilar in? I don't think that's happening.
1: No, I don't think so either. I mean, Ertz, yes. Sanders, yes. Greg Ward, no. I uh, can't do no. it. No. Goddard, maybe no, probably not. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty thin, girl. There. I I think Cooper has a big bounce back week for the Cowboys. You just want to pick on those corners. Um, Just he did it last time they matched up. I I think you should have a good result. You know, Michael Gallup, you know, quietly really had an awful week last week, and you know, I was kind of ready to put him in the circle of trust, and he just that was a big disappointment.
2: Yeah, it's it was. And it, I hate when those happen, because then it makes you second guess keeping them in lineups. But this is just such a good matchup here. Over the last five games, they're allowing the like third, third most touchdowns and uh, ninth most yards to wide receivers. And and they just got destroyed by Devonte Parker and then Darius Slayton and then Terry McLaurin. Maybe this is more of a Cooper thing, but I feel like there's room for both of them to operate here.
1: I'd agree with that. Uh, and I, I think uh, my rankings reflect that a little bit. I mean, I'm bigger on Cooper than I am Gallup, but I have Gallup in my top 30, so that's that's a starter in almost every format. Uh, so unless unless you're really old school, going two and two, maybe a flex or something, maybe then maybe then you wouldn't start him. But for the most part, you're using him this week. Yeah. So, uh, that, so I thought that was a pretty big matchup uh, to talk about. Uh, we'll hold off on uh, Minnesota Green Bay for obvious reasons. But <laughs> the Sunday night game, you know, Chicago, Kansas City. I had trouble with this one. I, yeah. Because I, I don't think Chicago is terrible. And I, I don't think they should be giving that. Like, I think the latest was they're giving five and a half points at home. And. As much as I like Casey, they're fun to watch, uh, I love Mahomes and all that, I don't know if they're still firing at all cylinders offensively. I, I don't know if this is a great setup for them.
2: Yeah. Well, lucky, luckily their defense has been, has been stepping up, especially yep. their pass defense. You, you can beat them on the ground, but their pass defense has been stepping up their run defense over the last few has been pretty good. Uh, as far as the bears, I, I feel like they'd be a 10 win team if they were in the NFC East. Doesn't it feel that way? Like they're, yeah. they're good enough that <laughs> they would, they would be like uh, six and two or uh, not six and two, excuse me, like four and two or five and one in division over there. And they would, instead of having to play the Packers and the Vikings multiple times, True. Uh, They're kind of the uh,
1: NFC version of the Chargers, I think, sometimes. They find Uh, ways to lose these in weird ways. In fact, they got Chargered by the Chargers, as a matter of fact.
2: Yeah. 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 That's I, I, I like that. I can, <laughs> I, I can definitely see that comp uh, for this game though. I, I just can't trust any of uh, any of the chargers or the uh, chiefs running backs. And nope. I can't trust the bears running backs right now. I, I would have a lot of trouble putting David Montgomery, even in a decent matchup in, in a championship lineup, unless you had to, uh, but you do like the wide receivers. I mean, you like Hill, you like Kelsey. You're there's, you know, Alan Robinson and Anthony Miller somehow with triple, Bisky's resurgence over the last three, three, four weeks, both of them have been yep. have been productive.
1: And I like it when you see the lights start to click with the wide receiver, young wide receiver. Hey, we're seeing mm-hmm. it in his rookie year with A.J. Brown, but now seeing it with Miller. I mean, he still makes mistakes. I remember the Thanksgiving game. Yep. He had a couple of drops, had a couple of penalties, but the production is there now. And now he's getting the targets. And, you yep. I'm encouraged by that. I think in a dynasty league, if any keeper format, I'm pretty encouraged by that, especially because your acquisition cost is probably pretty low in a keeper league uh, In a dynasty league. Obviously, you're holding on to him. But, you know, you might actually be using him a lot next year.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's a really easy excuse, but I mean, last year he had the shoulder injury, uh, for the second half of the year. So his numbers started dip and early this year he's been hurt. Um, and now he's fully healthy again and his numbers were dipping and now they're coming on strong or they were down and they're coming on stronger now that he's fully healthy. I mean, you could, you could easily make the, the, you know, simple correlation there that the reason he hasn't produced you know consistently is yes you know rookie second year rookie year and second year some mistakes but also mm-hmm. injury probably played a decent amount in a lot of that and trubisky did as well i mean <laughs> trubisky really only good in in good matchups it seems like uh but he's been really good lately and and you can ride that
1: yeah you can and uh, uh yeah so I'm inclined to go ahead and use Montgomery still a little bit, even though I, there's a little lack of trust. I, I definitely start Miller. I've got him in my top thirty this week. I, you know, I, uh, Cohen, he, you know, he's one. He's a typical PPR back. You never know if he's going to get the targets in a given week and. That that it's going to be hard to buy into him, uh, but I think Montgomery gets enough touches to justify it. Especially because that's how you beat the Chiefs. You got to use your backs. You got to run against them, get them and get him out in the open sometimes. But I, I think I, I'm inclined to go ahead and use Montgomery. I have him at 21 this week.
2: Yeah, I think every every running back i'm looking at the stat lines and it looks like every single running back that had at least 15 touches had at least 80 yards on the chiefs this year um so so if you can if you can project 15 touches for montgomery which i think is fair ish yeah um you, you can immediately put him in that 80 to 100 yard range and maybe hope for a score um so i can see that it makes the philip lindsey game last week all that much more disappointing Yeah. Seven carries. Yeah, that's I I don't I think that was a fatal coaching flaw there. I mean, you 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 don't you beat Kansas City by running on the ground right now and they they ran the ball 13 times.
1: It's almost like, hey, we have this new toy and drew lock. It's a homecoming game. Let's let's get them. Let's let's have them throw a lot more. It didn't work out that well. So So it goes Uh, Carolina Indy. You know, this is a game. It's not doesn't have much. It doesn't have any meaning except for us. It has lots of meaning because there's a lot of players involved on on both sides that, uh, you know, could be in these very good plus matchups. Mm-hmm. But Priset looked terrible last week. Oh, he looked so bad, so bad. Missed out, missed open guys. You know, didn't really have the composure against the pass rush, and he has not been the same since that knee injury.
2: Yeah. Uh you wouldn't think that he would do the things that he's doing, like throw it, you know, over guys right. too far behind. <laughs> like he, he can't even hit guys. It's, it's such a problem after leading the league in touchdowns for about five weeks or tied for the lead for about five weeks.
1: You and I were both agonizing over Jack Doyle's lack of production and, you know, missing him a couple of times. You actually got what you needed. Yep. I mean, I, I'm in the, it's a three week playoff for me in the NFFC. So I'm, I'm still alive. I didn't get knocked out, but. I had Mack and Doyle on Monday night and got, like, f- five points between the two of them. Brutal. I had a huge week. I had Lamar Jackson, had DJ Moore, had McLaurin, had Miles Sanders. I was like, yes, I'm going to really make a big move. If all I can get is just, like, 20 points from these guys, it'd be great. No. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> uh You got your four points. You needed that. Yeah. Yeah. It's by the skin of your teeth, basically, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, can we, trust, can we trust this week against what should be a really positive matchup at home against Carolina?
2: Yeah, it's it's really it's really tough to trust him. He's it's not as much dough as it is per but he's been he's been really up and down. Um, yeah. I think I think this the matchup is more for the wide receivers here. Uh, I think Will Greer's arm is strong enough to push it down the field. He's got a he's got a decent arm. He's got the start now. We'll see how he does in his first ever start. But that might help because, you know, the Colts don't have tape on him. <laughs> right. But uh, I, I think that this could be a good thing for D.J. Moore, who can get downfield and Curtis route who runs, you know, precise routes, maybe he can get some separation, um, make it a little easier on the rookie. Uh, so I'm, I'm still, I'm still lining them in. I'm still starting Christian McCaffrey, but I have trouble going, going anything past that. Even, even though Ian Thomas had a, you know, decent game last week.
1: Yeah. As a DJ Moore owner, I really need him just to keep yeah, you can throw a lot of checkdowns to him. That's fine. I'll take my PPR points. I'll, I'll go that way with him, but uh, I need that. That's for sure. And then I think it could be a good Mac game. You know, if Greer struggles, the Colts are going to run the ball a lot. Uh,
2: and the Caroline. Colts- Go ahead. I was going to say the Panthers have allowed the, the most attempts, rushing yards, yards per carry rushing touchdowns and total yards per game to running backs over the last three weeks. Is that a good
1: thing? They're, Is that a good thing they're, for they're us? Just
2: yeah. bad. It's yeah. a very good spot for Mac.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a rebound there. I think, I think I probably will get it, but of course you worry about things and he didn't look good in his own right against the saints, but I think that was more the saints than anything else. Um, one other matchup, I wanted to bring up uh, Rams Niners. I mean, this is a pretty huge game, uh,
2: especially. It was huge,
1: yeah. Uh, and uh, Niners. I mean, they had the big letdown last week. I got that wrong. I I thought that you know they were, you know, I guess it's just natural to have letdowns and you know give credit where credit's due. Atlanta played well, but I, that was a real disappointment by the Niners offensively. Uh, they they weren't able to run it that effectively. Is Mostert someone you can trust this
2: week? Man, I, I I was very 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 in on Mostert, uh two weeks ago, and then this last week w- was not quite the game I I had anticipated. I anticipated a really big game out of him, uh, but I th- I think this is a spot where you can trust him. Uh, t- it's it, it, you know it's it's probably a middle of the road Rams defense against running backs. But over the last five, they've been, they've been a little weaker allowing over five yards per carry, uh, you know, bottom five in rushing yards allowed. It's, it's a spot where you should be able to trust Mostert. It's just, it's just about the touches. He needs to get that. He needs to get that volume because his efficiency has been through the roof all year. Not, not quite as much last week, but if that comes down and he doesn't get the uh, get the touches, it's a problem.
1: Yeah, it it really is, Uh, and so tough call him. Debo's tough after you know Debo had been a guy that we could trust,
2: and all of a yeah, sudden he gets Debo, Debo touches. had five straight double digit fantasy point days, uh, three hundred plus total yard games, and a fifty yard and a touchdown, and a sixty yard in a touchdown games uh, prior to last week, and. I, it shocked me. I I had Debo lined up in several lineups last week, and I just it, it did not make me happy seeing him, you know, fall fall from grace for for that one week. I, I think it, this Rams secondary since since the Jalen Ramsey trade has been a lot better. Yep. And, uh and uh, I don't know. Can it support both Sanders and Samuel in this game?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I had a, I was on Chris Harris's podcast last week, and we went back and forth on Sanders versus Samuel, and I had Samuel higher. And well, hey, I was right. But not really what we were expecting. You know? <laughs> oh, not really. I mean, uh, but uh, yeah. So that's a, another tough one. That's a Saturday night game too. I don't know. Uh, you know, a little less time to prepare. How much that makes a difference for both teams? I mean, they've faced each other before, although, albeit the Rams made that big trade immediately after getting thumped by the Niners. That's when yeah. they made the trade for Jalen Ramsey. They traded away uh, you know, a couple other players. I mean, they, the Marcus Peters trade did—it's so funny. that Ramsey has done pretty well for the Rams, especially lately, and Peters was a great add for Baltimore. He,
2: Peters has been unbelievable for Baltimore. Yeah. I, I, I should mention, and maybe this is just the Vikings fandom, but this game does have—if uh, the 49ers win— that locks Minnesota not into not just into a playoff spot, but it, it almost guarantees them the sixth seed. Um, that, that could mean, hey, Cook, Madison, you, you're just going to be on the shelf. We can't gain anything from this win here. They can't get the five seed? Uh, they might be able to get the five seed. I, I believe they're locked into five or six. If, uh, right. if San Francisco beats the Rams, the, the only other option is Vikings win out. Packers win out. Then the Vikings get the division. Right. Um, but, uh, uh I'm just I'm just stating, this. If the Rams lose, that's a, they clinch the, the Vikings clinch the playoffs, and it's another reason to maybe you know not worry about this game as much.
1: Well, that's right. As a Vikings fan, you can always count on Detroit to come up big against Green Bay. Uh, I can't <laughs> <that thing. laughs> uh, brutal, brutal. Uh, one more note, and we'll start talking fishbowl and we'll talk Vikings Packers. Armchair quarterback is a real time game where you predict the next play during a live football broadcast. You know what the next play is going to be predicted, and earned points. Climb the leaderboard and increase your chances to win tickets and other prizes. It's the perfect way to make watching games more exciting. We have a special league for all Rotowire subscribers, and we'll be posting the leaderboard online and mentioning them here. This week, we're playing in the Monday Night Game. You can also form your own league with your fantasy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com. Armchair Quarterback, make every game bigger. I'm Jeff Erickson. We are talking... Scott Fishbowl, and we're talking about the Vikings Packers with my co-host, Scott Fish. Scott, uh, let's talk about the Fishbowl. It's the final week, finally, and Mm -hmm. big week. Uh, For those who are unfamiliar with the format, I like—first of all, I love that you you tweak the format every year. Uh, It's different than every league I play in. Uh, I I like that, whether it's between the rosters and and the scoring system, it's its own animal, and I I like that.
2: Yeah, I I do that mostly so— you know, we have a lot of, uh, amazing analysts in this industry that play in it. And I, I, I like to keep them on their toes. I like to get, uh, we, we, we all play in so many leagues usually that, uh, it's good to have something unique, but also, uh, I like to make it something that you can't just simply look back at last year's data of it and, you know, prepare for, you have to prepare fresh each year if you want to try to attack it differently. And I, I try to make rules that, you know, force you to, uh you know think about uh how you want to attack the drafts and how you want to play it um but yeah we're in the final week now it's it's going to be a good time
1: yeah i mean you have first downs it's QB flex you have bonuses for tight ends yep uh PPR i mean it's it's runs a the gamut there and uh, what i like is you get to the first round and like okay it's not the same as every other draft I've been where, you know, OK, well, it's going to be these four running backs first and then we're going to wait on quarterbacks forever. And this. and No, that's not the case.
2: Yep. I, I work countless hours on the scoring and, and roster and starting lineup setting, so that you can go in and do any strategy you want and come out with a good with a roster you enjoy. Um, which, you know, it's good for everybody. It makes everybody happy, but also every, there's a hundred SFB drafts and they're, they're all pretty different because yep. it's just different people doing different strategies. I was just looking at the finals round here and I I love that you got, there's about seven or eight fans. There's guys like Adam Levitan and, uh, and, uh, you, you know, there's, 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 <laughs> there's big names. Yeah. B- four for four, John Paulson, uh, big names in the industry, and then you got like Grace Golden, who is a fourteen year old girl in her first uh, first year in the fishbowl and is a fan, and she's in the finals. Awesome. So yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's it's very awesome to see the 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 spread that made the finals this year. Yeah. My
1: league, I had the misfortune of being one of the faster drafting teams, and I say misfortune because I took Melvin Gordon in the first round.
2: Oh no, yeah. And if cool. you recall.
1: The news on his holdout being legit and scary uh, didn't come out until about day three of the draft, at which point we were like in the sixth round already. Eckler was already gone.
2: That is that's rough. I I fell the same fate the year before with uh, taking Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. But luckily, I was able to get James Conner in the double digit rounds when when that news started to pop.
1: Right. Right. And
2: that that one was
1: weird, too, because like, oh, yeah, he held out the year before. Fine. He'll come back right before the start of the season. he will be fine. Uh, It it wasn't until like a week before the season starts. Like, no, no, he's not. He's not coming back at this reporting date. No, it's different this time. Like, oh, shoot. And then that's like open the door for every other subsequent holdout to be something real and scary.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it part of part of the problem with drafting when we do. We we draft the Monday after the Fourth of July. We do it because there's so many analysts that we're all so busy in August that I want to get it done and 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 it, you know have it uh, have it not be a problem for the, for us analysts. And also, there's nothing going on that time of year, you yeah. know, except for apparently Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell news breaking. But right. <laughs> usually, there's not too much going on.
1: It's so funny because uh, we have the same philosophy. Roto-Wire has a trip to Vegas every year during the baseball all star break. And what we do is uh, we, we have like a, you know, do a couple of fantasy football drafts. But, you know, our writers bring their spouses, girlfriends, whatever. Uh, we, we get together, we have a poker tournament, a couple meals, you know, hang out by the pool a lot, and we do a couple of drafts. So it, it's a perfect time to kind of get away.
2: Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, and and then something breaks that changes yep. that. But yeah, it is. Uh, that sounds like an awesome trip. That sounds really fun yeah, to have a company do that. We've been doing that for like I think 15 years now.
1: It's kind of crazy. That's uh, very cool. Yeah, it is. It is quite cool. Uh,
2: did you do any mining
1: of the, like, the teams to see like if there are commonalities? Like how many McCaffrey owners, how many Lamar Jackson owners are in it?
2: Uh, no, I haven't done specific mining. I mean obviously there are, <laughs> there are some of those teams definitely, definitely in there that I think I'm more interested in the ones that for you look at, and for some reason, there's no way that team should have made it. but right. yeah, I, I did notice several Chris Carsons. Um, yeah. at least three or four Chris Carson somehow found their way at, into the final, which I guess makes sense. He had a, you know, a slight, f- what, third, fourth round fourth round ADP. Um, maybe even so later. If, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll, you're going to tell th- th- like this
1: is me raising my hand saying I got that one completely, utterly wrong. I had no Chris Carson <laughs> shares this year. I was penny over Carson. Um, I was wrong. I, I, this is me saying I'm wrong. Yeah, um, we all have them. Baker yeah. Mayfield for just about everybody. Yeah, what a <laughs> was whiff. Probably my biggest miss. Yeah, that was tough, and especially because of the pick you invested to get him. And it's not like you—he was the tenth quarterback. You probably spent a top five quarterback pick on him, probably sixth or seventh round. Passed up a good uh, lot, running back lottery ticket, wide receiver three, or tight end there.
2: Yeah, I had him QB four. I had Lamar Jackson QB five, so I don't feel as bad oh, about that. Good. But I had Baker QB four somehow.
1: Yeah. So that that's that's a big whiff. So what's the thing you got right the most this year? Was it Lamar? <laughs>
2: Oof, well, I, I don't know. I, I did have a series of tweets saying there's no way that Lamar can be outside QB seven. And I based it on previous rushing quarterbacks. Uh, but so that, that was decent. I had Deshaun Watson as my QB two behind, or I flip-flopped it many times, QB one, QB two. And he, he ended up right about where he should be. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, a lot of people had Godwin. A lot of people had, were on Galladay. I had those, mm-hmm. um, those right uh i had i had Cortland sutton probably too low but i i mean i i had him higher than a lot of people i, I guess those are some of my better calls okay good a lot of people had those good very good
1: uh well looking forward to seeing the uh, results of fishbowl uh, i'm sure you'll be uh, tweeting in that out and you know, looking forward to seeing that let's talk a little pike uh, packers vikings that we haven't talked about already we, we don't expect much of Dalvin cook or madison uh i still think the vikings win this game though I think they're better than the Packers. I think and you you see it in the line. It's more than the standard three. I think Vegas agrees.
2: I I, I agree too. The Packers are a team I'm not fully scared of which I think Bill Simmons said it on his podcast either this week or last week that it's just not a team you're, you're scared of they they don't seem as good as their record um but you know there you got to respect the <laughs> respect the record you Devontae Adams Aaron Jones they Aaron Rodgers they got they got some good playmakers there um but yeah I I'm kind of with you I I feel like this is a game the Vikings can win I put this on Twitter just uh just the other day it's kind of it was more for fun Because I realize, in prefacing this, I realize the Vikings defense has been really good for several years and their past defense is not as good this year. Yep. But Aaron Rodgers in Minnesota. Um, not not Minnesota games total, not away games, not not at Lambeau, but in Minnesota, he has not thrown for more than 212 yards in seven years, and he hasn't thrown multiple touchdowns in over five years. Wow, um, it's a tough place for him to play uh, over the you know historically. So uh, I, I think this might be a spot where where the Vikings can come away with that win, and uh, I think that there's you know several startable fan all the all the startable fantasy options you think should be started. Probably should be started in this one.
1: Yeah. You know, the thing is like, and Rogers hasn't thrown for more than 250 yards since like week eight and it's, it's been kind of thin gruel for him.
2: Yeah. But he's going to the pro bowl. So (laughs) over, over cousins and Dak and stuff like that. Do you get, does, do you get worked up over that at all? I, I do not. I actually, I actually find it a little bit funny. You probably can't, I don't know if you can hear the humor in my voice, but for me, it's, it's very much yeah, it's the good players, but it's also such a popularity contest, and then half of them don't go. And it, I right. don't get worked up over it at all. But I see it, I see it out there on the social medias, and I, I find it a little bit funny. But it's mostly a popularity contest, so I, I don't really yeah. I don't work too much about it.
1: I'm I'm exactly the same. I'd never watched the Pro Bowl. Nope. Uh I'll I barely watch the baseball all-star game. I don't get wrapped up in that. And I think working in this industry has made me more jaded towards that too. I mean I get <laughs> I consume a ton of football thing, you know, mind share, visual share, you name it. Uh eh, whatever. Go ahead. You guys enjoy that. Um, yeah. it's just Famous. an exhibition.
2: Yep, exactly. Yeah. So now I'm on that.
1: Uh on the other side of the ball, are you know, I think they're going to have to see if I, Boone's going to have to have be effective a little bit because I think you need to run against the Packers a little bit to move the ball.
2: Yeah, I I and I think he will be. I think they'll they'll commit to him just enough. I know that Montgomery had a you know pretty poor game last week, but Peterson did okay and Barkley did okay, and McCaffrey did okay. I mean Jacobs did okay. These these are not uh Mike Boone quality running backs though. There's right. there's definitely a difference there. But uh people have been able to run on the on on the Packers. Uh so I'm I'm not super worried about Boone. I d I don't expect like a you know 130 yard, two touchdown performance, but I expect a re a, re, a respectable game that you know will at least uh, at least make the the Packers you know try to defend it.
1: Right, right. Um, I think that I think that's a fair assessment too. Uh, Adam Thielen did very little in his first game back, but game flow kind of mattered a lot with that too. I mean, the fact is they were up big or early, so they didn't really need to throw the ball that much. Three catches on three targets. Does he play a much bigger role this week?
2: Yeah, I I they just they just didn't need to pass the ball a ton last week. I, I think both Diggs and Thielen get much more involved this week this week. We've it's tough with them because we've seen them one go off and the other not several times. And and, and that's the kind of thing that worries me. But in, in a divisional game like this, we've we've seen a lot of 20 and 30 point games out of both teams against each other in, in recent years. Like I I could see this being a, a fairly decent shootout. I believe the the over-under last I checked was was right around 47 and a half something like that um I can easily see it t- hitting the over on that and and we get just enough out of uh, both of them to to sustain some fa- fantasy relevance in championships
1: yeah uh, I think you're right about that uh, i I, I may, might be wish casting a little bit I'm a little wary feeling I'm
2: all in on digs this week that's kind of where I'm looking at it. <laughs> I I think that's exactly the way you should feel. I'm I'm more in on Diggs and I I feel like Thielen should, you know, should have a a good decent game.
1: All right, very good, very well. Uh final prediction, what score do you got for this game? Uh 32-29 Vikings. All right, I'm going 27-21 Vikings. So, kind of the same path. Uh I think I think they'll 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 handle them all right. You know, strangely, in a little thing, a little tidbit, uh Packers barely kick any field goals ever. You know, they've got like 17 attempts all year it's kind of weird. it's either a touchdown or a bust for them it seems like
2: yeah i i picked a i picked a funny score just just for uh because yep. <laughs> it's gonna be really tough to get to that but uh that that's right around where i feel it's gonna be it's gonna be a low 30s to to high 20s type of type of game in my mind um right. so very good uh anything else you want to promote about your show or about what you're doing on fanball Sure, uh, I r- I run a commissioner service called Safe leagues, uh safeleagues.com. Yeah. We we'll have new startups uh startup dynasty leagues coming soon. We have orphan dynasty teams in in pre-existing dynasty leagues. You can pick pick those up if you go to SafeLeaguesFantasy.com uh fantasy.com and uh uh click on the orphans link or you know, go to Fanball, play uh play a Superflex DFS contest. We have lots of Superflex contests on on Fanball and uh yeah just thanks for having me on this is this has been a blast. No problem my pleasure. It has been a blast for me as well. And I by, by the way I play
1: FSTA does use the FSTA league that we do every year is on Safe League so at least in terms of uh, the finances so I like oh. I like using that. All right that's going to conclude today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Football podcast. We'll be back at you again tomorrow. Thanks to Yahoo for sponsoring and thanks to Scott Fish for co-hosting with me. Take care.